Welcome to the Business Insider Podcast, supported by Lease A Sales, representing 5,000 company, helping our clients grow sales by generating qualified leads, guaranteed appointments, and contracts for their businesses across the U.S. with our outside and inside sales teams. Our podcast is intended to share some, you know, Interesting information um, with C-level decision makers across the country, but also sales reps, VPs of marketing uh, and the like. And uh, today uh, we have the honor and privilege to chat with uh, John Buckley, who, um, if you don't know who he is, uh, it's an Instagram uh, sensation influencer. I'm not sure if he's on the TikTok, uh, but I know that uh, that he's um, definitely all across um, the social media platforms, particularly in the watch world. Uh, and some of you who know me and follow me know that I'm a watch guy, uh, and uh, and obviously John is uh, an expert on. Rolexes and and watches in general, but uh, a lot of content around watch uh, Rolexes in general. And we're going to talk about uh, what John does, but also about Vukum. Uh, John Buckley is the managing partner of Vukum, and we'll talk about that. And also the owner uh, of Tuscany Rose, that's been around for over twenty years. Uh, John, uh, we're going to talk about today. I've talked about watches, uh, but John, okay. thanks uh, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Looking, looking forward to to getting into some of the details and and uh, mm-hmm. of what you do. Uh, talk to us first about um, uh, Tuscany Rose, given that's been around longer, and then kind of dovetail that into Vukum and kind of intermix how you got into the whole watch thing, right? Um, I'm fascinated by that, and I'm sure the audience wants to know more details on the Rolexes and all that. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, go ahead, uh, John. The platform is yours. Thank you so much. Um, My company, Tuscany Rose, uh, we actually began probably in the mid-90s. I still have my Tuscany Rose registered eBay page that was registered, I believe, in 98 or 99. That's where we started. Uh, Tuscany Rose, the name was was thought up by my wife. And uh, the whole basis behind it was that we wanted a watch company. I was doing, uh, the original Tuscany Rose was Tuscany Rose Watch and Diamond. And she was doing the diamond end. I was doing the watch end. I was, you know, we were both very green. And um, the watch end was what really started taking off towards the mid to late 90s. Mm. And um, I started, the the story is, uh, it's out there in a lot of different places. We are on TikTok, we're on Instagram, and a lot of these stories, you'll see me answering questions, uh, you know, uh, you know, based on a lot of these, you know, questions that come to me, it's usually the same thing. How did you get started? And the way we got started, I was in social services. And um, I remember leaving my house in Brooklyn, and I would go to my parking lot, which was a couple of blocks away. That's the New York type thing. Your parking lot isn't, you know, (laughs) when you live in a brownstone, your parking lot is (laughs) as close as you can get it. Mine was like four or five blocks away outdoors with a locking key, which was Mm -hmm. not very pleasant. But Mm -hmm. uh, I'll I'll save that for another podcast. Uh, Walk downstairs was recycle day. And I'd always been interested in watches. And I looked down and I saw a couple of, catalogs they were antiquorum catalogs one of them was like a big thick catalog there were two or three of them there and i was like oh wow they were right on top they were clean and like i said it was my neighbor's recycle so i was like okay so i i grabbed them and i took them to the office and ebay was just starting out at the time and a friend of mine had you know 
give me, you know, this wild, you know, this wild, like new online, you know, service called eBay where you can actually run an auction and you don't have to be there to watch it. And I'm like, wow, wild, holy cow, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I wound up putting the catalogs on and one of them sold for 40 bucks. And this light bulb popped off in my head. I was mm. like, free money. Mm-hmm. So my mission at that point was to, you know, get as many catalogs as possible and post them on eBay and, you know, <laughs> sell them for as much money as I possibly could. And for about two years, I was the only one, you know, doing this on eBay. And we sold so many catalogs. And I, I actually, I came up with, you know, a portion of, you know, the first house that I bought in New Jersey by doing that. And I had a, I was married in 98 and we had my son in 2000 and we moved to New Jersey in uh, mid 2000, September of 2000. And I was working actually for the uh, YMCA of greater New York. And I, I had a really good position there. And I was able to make my own hours, do my own thing. I was running a mentoring program in Bedford-Stuyvesant um, at St. John the Baptist Church. Mm. And it was too much driving back and forth. I was in like South Central Jersey at the time. And I said, you know something? I'm going to give this a go. And I was doing IWJG shows. And in the late 90s, I met up with a person who was selling Rolex boxes at the time. And he had a box on a table. And I was like, oh, how much is that box? And, you know, just to give you an example how long ago it was, uh, it, it was 30 bucks. And I was like, oh, wow, do you have any more? So he takes me to his car. I bought another 10 boxes, eight or 10 boxes off him. And I started selling those. And from that time on, we met pretty much every week. And I was buying all kinds of watch parts, uh, boxes, all kinds of things. So this, was the that, side, this was the side hustle for you because you this, were working. Right? Yeah. Okay. This was my hustle. And okay. when I moved to Jersey, I was there maybe about two, three months. Mm-hmm. I had my position at the YMCA and I was looking for a job in social services in New Jersey. And I interviewed and I was very close. And I remember that in New Jersey, I did not graduate from college. In New York at the time, you could run social service programs without a college degree. It was a whole other world. I was running welfare to work programs um, for the YMCA and a couple of other agencies. I was supervising like eight different agencies at the time. And uh, in New Jersey, it was a different story. So mm-hmm. I was going to have to go back. I was have to get certification. I was get this. And I said to myself, I said, you know something? Let me just try doing this watch thing. And the rest was, you know, I don't want to say the rest is history, but the rest was, you know, how I really like dove into it head first and started really, really investing a lot of time and money into it. And uh, it, it's it's done well for me. It, it has. I, I remember in the early days, um, there were there were not chat groups or, you know, social media. The social media at the time was the vintage Rolex forum. Mm-hmm. Um, time zone, WatchNet. Um, I think there was another one, uh, Turfers. Then there was a great forum, BJ's Online Forum, and that's where we all met each other. Me, Eric Koo, um, you know, a whole bunch of the other, you know, Joe DeMacy. I mean, a lot of the older players had either, you know, had been on those forums or they, you know, they were, you know, they had representatives on those forums, and that's how we all met. Mm-hmm. You know, selling all day, doing the, you know, the forum thing. And that's how we made money, 
you know, and that was our, that was my main hustle at the time. And the most, for the most part, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we started doing different trade shows, NAWCC, IWJG. And uh, as time progressed, you know, we just, uh, just made it our, 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 our family business. You know, my wife is the bookkeeper and uh, I'm the uh, managing, managing partner, I guess. She's the founding partner because she came up with the name mm-hmm. and background on the name. Um, in the nineties, I remember saying to her, you know, we want to start a watch company. You mean or, Tuscany you know, Rose, not Bluecomb, Tuscany Rose. Okay. Yeah. And I said, I don't want it to be one of these, you know, play any kind of a play on words that mm-hmm. has to do with watches. I want it to be something completely generic, but that still had some kind of, you know, oomph to it. Mm-hmm. And she came up with Tuscany Rose and it took a long time. There was a woman down in Australia that had the dot com. And I couldn't get it at the time. And we're looking, we're going back early 2000s in the early days of the internet, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. Use a Rolodex. (laughs) You know something? I still have a Rolodex somewhere with a lot of numbers in it. I used to have big cardboard pieces of paper with everybody's number. I'm one of those guys that, you know. Yeah, you remember um, the card catalog in the library? You remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dewey Decimal System. I mean, I go back there. Yeah, me too. And, go ahead. Yeah. And it's like you, you know, you you do what you have to do right, in right. order to make business happen. And I remember uh, when I started doing eBay, uh, I was, you know, I was Tuscany Rose on eBay. And I still am. And I was speaking with eBay the other day, corporate, because we, we, you know, we, you know, we consult here and there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you still have your original... Um, you know, your original screen name. I was like, yeah, I've had that account. You can see since I think it's registered 98 or 99. So I'm like, and that's kind of rare. You know, I still have my same PayPal account for 20 years. You know, a lot of folks have, have issues, but um, we always kept it a very, kept it, you know, as above board and, uh, and clean as we could possibly keep it. Cause that's the way we, you know, it's the way we operate. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we wanted something that, you know, was going to have legs and last. And fortunately, knock on wood, I don't have any wood over here, but uh, fortunately it has. And we're, you know, we're pretty happy with it. That's awesome. You had shared a couple of things here. And I want to clarify for the audience that um, the uh, IWJG, I believe, is the International Watch and Jewelers Guild. Is that right? That's IWJG, International Watch and Jewelers Guild. Also, the NAWCC is the National Association of Watch and Clock Collectors. And AW, we're going to put these things in the show notes so people can um, get the links and they can you know click on it and see it, uh, those things. Uh, Anti quorum, which um, which uh, John mentioned a little bit back uh, in the in the discussion today. Uh, Anti quorum is anti i a n t i q u o r u m. Anti quorum uh, is a auction house that sells mm-hmm. a lot of auction, uh, a lot of nice things. Not only watches; they have other stuff there too, but a lot of watches. Uh, mm-hmm. major player in New York, in London, Japan. Um, they do a lot of uh, auctions of nice high-end pieces, but also you can see some, some lower-end pieces there, yeah. have some rare, rare stuff, and uh, and they still do the catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still actually have a, you, know, you can flip, <laughs> right, right? That you can flip through. I'm more of a, uh, of a flip-through kind of guy. I like a book with pages, yeah. like a newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the grays kind of tell you why. Right, you know, gray hairs can you know kind of go back to old school, right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, but it's there, to be honest, <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously, um, you've been doing this for a long time, um, and uh, and how you started basically a side hustle, 
and then it became your hustle, right? What you do mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, pay your bills, you know, to live your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's done, you know, done well by you, which, and, and uh, mm-hmm. good for you. So from a, from a, um, a training perspective, some of your videos, um, obviously show you in a, what looks to be a clean room with like gray bubble walls in it. Um, I kind of wonder where that is, right? Oh, there it is. <laughs> there, there you is. go. That's the app. Right, right. That's the- is that, oh, that's an app. It's not, is it, it's not, it's an app. It's not real. Uh, it's a lot. The lab. Oh, it's a lab. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so uh, some of your uh, videos show you, um, you know, taking apart a watch and putting on a new crystal, things like yeah. that, you know, maybe uh, replacing the crown. So have you gone to like, you know, watch uh, makers training or you, you're you basically self-taught? I, I did it. I am not a watchmaker by any stretch. I am barely you know i i would not if i were servicing a watch if i was sending a watch in for service i would not want me to have to do it that said if they're my watches i will work on them just because there are times when you can't get to a watchmaker or you have to do something really quickly you know i've i've had these situations over the years and that's where where you know this all came from there are times when you have to switch out a dial. You know, you, there's times when somebody comes over and they have a busted crystal or they need a crown or, or you know, a, a rotor is popped out or you have to learn how to do the basics. It's, it's like changing a tire on a car. OK, but it's a lot more technical. And I learned through a friend of mine who is a watchmaker. He forbids me to mention his name, A.A.K. Viper. But, you know, we you know, we would sit down in my office and he would show me the basics. He's a very, very accomplished watchmaker and a top collector mm-hmm. uh, in in the world. And um, I learned how to do it just by doing it. And I would work on, you know, busted, busted up dials and messed up hands. And I mean, I am one of these people that services a lot of watches. And I have had very, very expensive dials ruined by the best watchmakers. Mm. And there's nothing you could do about it. You know, there's no recourse. If you have a one-off dial and you Mm. hand it to somebody and they screw it up, usually it's when they're removing the dial. And I've always said that, you know what, if anyone's going to mess up a $50,000 dial, I'm going to mess it up if it's mine. And that's what I do. I, mean, I get guys that'll, you know, stone dials, you know, lapis, tiger's eye, malachite, that kind of stuff. The stone dials are very tricky. And if guys don't, you, if they're not familiar with their little, you know, idiosyncrasies, you can really screw up one. I, I had one of my best watchmakers take a tiger's eye dial and just obliterate it by tightening the screws too tight where the dial feet go. And at that point, you know, I mean, the dial at that point was maybe a $10,000 dial. Today, mm. it's probably $40,000 dial. And from that point on, I always said, you know what? If I'm going to remove a dial, I'll remove it. I'll put it on the movement and then let them set the hands. Because setting the hands is tricky. You know, I mean, I know how to do it. I mean, I will do it if I'm not, you know, <laughs> if I'm not pressed for time, if I have the time to sit down and actually do it. But, you know, watchmaking is a real art. You know, and there are not a lot of really good watchmakers left. I have to say it's it's a field where if you can 
go through the real training and learn the right way and, you know, go through a mentorship with someone who actually knows what they're doing, you can make an, a, a tremendous amount of money, but it's all about time. You know, it, it, you have to sit down and figure out an hourly rate. And if you're paying, you know, 50 bucks an hour for a watchmaker, you don't have a good watchmaker. You know, you just don't. You know, a really good watchmaker is anywhere from three to 500 bucks an hour, depending on the job. If it's a, if it's a complicated watch, complicated movement, it's a lot more money. Yeah, so yeah. It, uh, yeah. uh, it's skills if, if that's your thing. It's not my thing. I just, you know, I know how to get in and out of a watch. I'm like, you know, I'm a real noob when it comes to that. But I, you know, I know my way around it. And if I have to get involved, I will. And it saved me a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah, um, no, I understand. Uh, so you you know enough enough uh, basic <laughs> stuff to right, right enough basic stuff to be dangerous, right? Yeah. And um, uh, to take care of your own pieces or somebody who has an emergency situation, that kind of thing. But not a full breakdown, cleaning I'm not break down and clean a movement. Uh, yeah. If I have to pop a movement, switch out a dial, switch out a set of hands, change a crystal, do some gaskets, change a crown, change a tube. That kind of stuff I, I'm comfortable with. You know, once it comes down to, you know, the real servicing of a watch, pulling it apart and, and doing all that stuff, I'm not equipped for that. I don't have that kind of setup. Uh, you know, it's on purpose. I, I don't want to get into that. It's a lot of time and you really have to know what you're doing. I know my capabilities and limitations when it comes to that. And it's, <laughs> I don't get involved in anything that I really don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah, it's uh, and again, just uh, to use an analogy here for um, those who don't understand what it takes to break down a watch and clean it, um, that um, the the um, hang on one second, I don't know why that came up. Um, okay, that uh, yeah, that um, the um, to break down a watch and clean it, use a car analogy. You know, you can you can change a battery out, change a tire, you can change maybe a belt. Uh, mm -hmm. on, on a car, an alternator, a starter, basically a piece removal, piece, re you know, return kind of install. But now you start getting into the transmission, electrical stuff, you know, drop the engine, those kind of things. And you use that analogy for a watch, yes. you know, change a crystal, change out the crown, you know, the, I mean, or re replace a case back, things of that nature. But then you start yeah. getting into the breakdown where I got to take this thing apart and put it back together. Then now you're talking about, you know, uh, training, basically like going to mechanic school and, and knowing where everything goes and, uh, you know, put it back together, make it a Frankenstein and put it back wrong. Um, so it's uh, that's kind of like what you're saying. Basic stuff I can do for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, watch, obviously watch um, battery changes, uh, a bracelet, all this easy stuff for us. <laughs> right. Right. You know what? The, you know what the key is to having a great watchmaker? Yeah. First of all, they have to have a very, very select set of skills. They have to know their way in and out of a watch. Yeah. More important, they have to have the original parts if something breaks or if something gets lost. These parts that you're dealing with are tiny, tiny parts. And anything, you know, a wheel, a, a pallet fork, a, a balance, something goes wrong with one of those parts, you need to have backup. And that's the problem with a lot of, you know, kind of sketchy watchmakers out there. And they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. They they'll say that they can service a Rolex. 
I get a lot of this when I sell somebody something and, you know, they'll say to me, well, you know, it's not running the way it's supposed to be timed. And I'm like, listen, if it bounced around in the box, ship it back to me, we'll regulate it. Oh, my watchmaker here will do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Unless I know the watchmaker personally, you know, and I know what his bench looks like and his setup looks like. Mm-hmm. You don't want anybody getting involved in that because I, I had a guy, it was um, two weeks ago. I sold somebody a very expensive dial, a, a, a very, very expensive dial. I'm going to leave it at that because if I say the dial, we'll know who it is. Mm-hmm. And the person gets it. He says, oh, I brought it to my watchmaker. He says, this isn't for that movement. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my. He, he's like, yeah, he's a really good watchmaker. I'm like, you need to double check that because that watch and that dial go together. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of, and, you know, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. But wow. he back an hour later he's like oh the watchmaker had the movement turned the wrong way and i'm like right so let me uh let me oh. ask you a, a question regarding uh um uh where a lot of your you know videos are done and work down on 47th street right mm-hmm. uh in the diamond district uh in manhattan i think a lot of your kind of work is in that well, i'm talking about the video stuff it's kind yes. of like in in that area um and um you know that's where a lot of a lot of watches are available jewelry diamond rings all those kind of things for those who are listening to this that are in other parts of the country uh this is manhattan right um 47th street in manhattan has a lot right. of uh, places uh, where you could buy um watches um and um you know i want to talk to you a little bit about the uh the rolex market and mm-hmm. uh you know the the after what they call gray market. So let me just lay this out for people. You go into a Rolex dealer, a certified Rolex dealer that has the Rolex emblem. They have the they have a you know a backdrop, you know a wall. Uh, they have a Rolex booth, right? You know, so that's a Rolex authorized dealer, not versus someone who sells Rolexes, which is okay too. But there's a difference. You go into a Rolex dealer, right? You go into a Rolex and you say, I want a Rolex. And depending upon which one you want, more than likely they don't have it. You got to be, you know, put on a wait list because there's a, you know, there's a wait list. Uh, and even though they say there isn't, there is. Right, no. well, there- right. Okay. But there is. So uh, you go into a Rolex dealer and um, that watch that you want, um, let's say it's a, um, let's say it's a, uh, a, a stainless steel, 18 karat gold root beer, which is, um, <laughs> it has a root beer color and the dial and, you know, the, 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 what do you call it, the bezel and so so the 18 karat that watch um you can uh, at, a, at a rolex dealer is about um it's about right now uh sixteen thousand dollars fourteen sixteen thousand at the dealer if they get mm-hmm. it to you you pay them that's what you pay you go down mm-hmm. 47th street and mm-hmm. somebody has that watch and it's after market obviously it's a great market you know you'll end up paying you know anywhere from uh twenty five thousand dollars i mean it depends. So look at the difference. Rolex yeah. dealer, 14, 16K, 47th Street, 25K. Now, talk to us about that, mm-hmm. that aftermarket, that gray market. Why is there, um, you know, and how are these dealers getting these watches and then they're mm-hmm. turning around and reselling them? Because that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, and that's okay. Capitalism, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's okay. You want to make your money as long as it's legit? <laughs> Good. So give us a little bit about that background. Well, you have to you have to understand that Rolex has been selective in the models that they will make available to their clientele for many many years. Uh perfect example, when I first started in the business, 
I wanted a steel Daytona. This is in the mid nineties. And I went to Torno. I put my name down on the list. This was 1996. I have still not gotten a call. Okay. <laughs> Back then, a steel Daytona was about six grand and gray market was seven. Today, what's going on in the market with regard to the gray area, the gray market, I, 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 I don't really care for that term. Okay. I like what would you say? I like the secondary market. Okay. Gray market is kind of, it just seems kind of grimy, which I mean, <laughs> there's not enough, you can't figure out an adjective that's grimy enough for 47. Sketchy. sketchy. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not all that, you know, complicated. If you're going to want to watch tomorrow and you want a Daytona, and I always use the Daytona as, as the watch. You are not going to get one from your authorized dealer. They have them. Even if they say they don't, they do have them in the back. What they are waiting for you to spend the money on, you can go in there and buy 20 Rolexes, 20 different Rolexes. They're not going to sell you that watch. You go in there and buy $100,000 worth of crappy jewelry. And I'm not talking about Yerman or any of that stuff. Regular jewelry with that markup, you may get one. Today, it's a lot more difficult. Um, Rolex has been very, very you know, slow in shipping to certain smaller dealers. The bigger dealers like Tourneau or um, Betteridge, I don't even know if Betteridge is still around, but you know, the, the main dealers. And Rolex also just bought Bucherer. And Rolex is trying to weed out these smaller independent authorized dealers and just keep it to where they have Rolex boutiques. They're kind of going like Paddock is doing. And all of the big major brands are doing that. Is that good for the business? Is it bad for the business? My business my business has prospered based on Rolex policy for 26 years, and it will never change. The secondary market at this stage of the economy is being challenged right now because prices are down. And authorized dealers are starting to come up with watches. Now, they're not coming up with Daytonas so easily. Every once in a while, you'll get some guy on Reddit or, you know, in one of the groups on Facebook, hey, I got the call. It's like, okay. And then you'll see, I just got a two-tone sea dweller. I'm like, oh my God, you went and paid tax, full boat and tax for that watch that you could buy in the gray market for much less. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a two-tone Datejust. Same thing with a steel Datejust. I'm getting calls for the last three, four Two, two, three, four months mm -hmm. of guys. Hey, I just got a steel date just from my AD. How much over retail can you pay? I was like, how much under retail would you like to pay when I sell you one? The specialty items like the root beer, like uh, even the Batman and stuff like that, they're available these days. They're coming available. And it's all based on the, the intense... I guess it's just the commercialization of buying and selling watches. You know, I, I, we, I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little biased. I'm not crazy about any kind of real commercialization. I always liked it when it was a few of us that did our thing and nobody really knew any different. Mm -hmm. You know, we would sell watches all over the world and you can go get on a plane with wearing you know, a really nice watch, a vintage watch. I like vintage. I'm a specialist in vintage. I'm an expert in vintage. And nobody would know that you were wearing back then a $100,000 watch. Mm -hmm. Today, you walk into, <laughs> you walk into Chick-fil-A and guy behind the counter is like, oh, wow, nice watch. 
and it speaks to the commercialization and the popular the popular it just turned into something that is it's not what it was meant to be mm. again there are two sides to it i can play devil's advocate and be like well you know buckley that's the reason why your business is always doing well because people understand it and like it and, and want to get involved my answer to that is yeah but when you get people that everybody wants to be a watch dealer, mm -hmm. the level of quality that you're going to get from people who are doing this for six months, a year, is not the kind of quality that you're going to get from a like a, a long term, you know, guy that's been doing this. And I'm not speaking about myself. I'm speaking about other in dealers general, in general, in general, you know, and that problem people base their they validate a person's credibility because they've got TikTok followers or because they've got Instagram followers. And I always get the call after the fact. And you know, it's like an AA thing, okay? It's like, I don't want the I don't want the after call. I want the before call. It's like, well, you know, I bought this watch off this guy over here and now I took it to uh, so-and-so and he says that the dial doesn't go with this reference. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. Oh, but I see them on uh, Instagram and they have a great following and they're doing all these videos and they really sound like they know what they're talking about. I'm like, and? you're standing there with a watch that, you know, maybe either they didn't know what they were selling or they're clerks or they're salespeople yeah. and they're working for, you know, one of the bosses and they don't really care because they're making their commission. And that's, and that's what the business has turned into right now. And thankfully the market is slowing down and I, I hate to say it, you know, it gets rid of a lot of the riffraff yeah. and it's a good thing for the market. It flushes out a lot of the people that don't have skin in the game. And I've been through, this is going to be my fourth down market. I remember the first down market that I encountered was right after 9-11. I was fresh in the business and 9-11 occurred and the market just absolutely <laughs> went nuts. And I was this, I wasn't young, young. I, I was, I don't know, almost 40. And I was new in the business. I was only in the business about five, six years. And, you know, I didn't know what to do, but we learned how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And what happens to a lot of these folks that are new, especially if they don't have skin in the game, they they sell off bad product. And everybody always I, I wind up getting I, I either put eyes on stuff before it's sold to these people or unfortunately afterwards. Yeah. And right now, you know, we get a lot of calls from people that are like, hey, you know, I bought a watch off this person. I see them on, you know, TikTok or Instagram and, you know, what's wrong with it? I'm like, you know, would you, where would you like me to start? You know, and then they're like, well, you know, uh, mm -hmm. hey, man, you know, buyer beware. If you're going, you know, you need to know who it is that's writing the checks and that <clears throat> that's writing the checks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And <clears throat> spend your money wisely. It's like yeah. anything else. Used car. <clears throat> so Sorry. If you, um, yes. Okay. If you um, if you. Uh... <clears throat> If you're looking for a um, obviously a real um, genuine kind of watch, whether it's Rolex, whether it's Omega, uh, and the kind those kind of things, um, you know, with uh, Patek, um, Aldemars Piguet, uh, whatever you're looking for, um, IWC, is it uh, is it uh, two things, um, well, a couple, but two in general, is it safe to say or safe to uh, buy it from, let's say, someone in the Diamond District. You know, and, and, and I know you're going to have people there, like in any business, that people are probably selling stuff that they don't necessarily know that it's real um, or passing it off as a genuine X watch, but it's really not. It's a it's a knockoff or it's a in the like. So 
One is that going to uh, a place that has a lot of these dealers, is it likely that, you know, you won't buy a, you know, a fagazi fake piece one, two. Uh, and if you um, paying a lot lower than what the watch really is worth, you know, so if a watch in a uh, watch worth eight grand, generally speaking, you turn around, the guy wants to sell it to you for five. You're like, okay, uh, red flag, at least for, you know, again, people who don't necessarily know this. So um, where do you go to buy a watch, generally speaking, um, mm -hmm. that, it, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a, a knockoff, um, particularly in the Rolex. There's a lot of really good fakes out there. Um, and you you, you, you can you kind of know that, you know, how to identify them right away. Right. Well, when you're talking about fake watches, I mean, I get this a lot. of. I go on TikTok every morning and I do a live at 7 a.m. every day, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of folks it's like, oh, how do you, you know, determine why, uh, what are, how's, how do I know that someone's not going to sell me one of these one, one super clones? I'm like, look, 47th street is a lot of things. Okay. You're not going to find dealers over there across the board. I'm going to, I'm going to say 98% of the dealers over there are legitimate guys that what you're going to encounter there are the kind of deals that, you know, somebody will put a diamond bezel on a watch. Okay, a bezel is the, you know, the little round thing that goes around the case. I don't have any cases over here, do I? Okay. Yeah, it's like I have right it. here. Right yeah. Here. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Here's the case. Well, and they'll put a diamond. would have diamonds. Right. If this is Rolex, if this is made, which 99% of the stuff that you see out there is not made by Rolex, because if it's made by Rolex, it's super expensive. Mm -hmm. And you'll find a day just with a diamond bezel on it. If you take that watch, even if the watch is 100% legit, the movement's right, the case is right, the rest of the stuff is right. If you take it to Rolex with that diamond bezel on, you will give it to them. They will hand it back to you and say, the watch is fake. It is not a Rolex watch. Mm -hmm. If it's one part or everything, they will just say that. And we encountered this with one of the other dealers on the street that, you know, TikTok following person. And the problem was the person didn't want to give the money back, which is the worst thing in the world mm -hmm. with any kind of business, if you're not going to have customer service where somebody screws up, you make, you know, you, you maybe you told them it was aftermarket, maybe you didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if they have a problem and they come back with a letter from Rolex and post it and put it on blast on the internet, you really should have just given them their money back. And it's, you know, it's, it's the type of thing where the dealers on 47th street get a very bad rap. A lot of the times, like I said, you'll get a lot of newcomers who watch TikTok or watch Instagram and they're like, oh, wow, look at this. This person's selling all these watches, blah, 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 blah. Well, the person that you're buying it from is not one of the owners. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're, they're a clerk. They have no skin in the game. Their job is to sell you a watch. And if they're going to sell you a watch, if they're in the business a year and a half, two years, they have no clue what they're doing. Okay. They really don't. They, no matter what you may hear about people, they really don't know. Okay, we know because we see the the blowback from a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's why 47th Street gets a bad rap. There are top dealers on 47th Street that I have no problems spending five, six figures with. Just sight unseen, I'll make a phone call. Hey, send me this watch. Thank you. Here's the money. I'll send you a check. I'll send you a wire. When you're an owner, mm -hmm. it's totally different. It, 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 it's yeah. a different dynamic. It's your business. <laughs> it's your business. a lot of people who are buying these watches. They're younger people. 
and sometimes older people. Let's not let's not just blame it on the millennials. I have uh, my son is a millennial. It's like you can't Those mine. you can't there <laughs> just not do your homework. And doing your homework is not, you know, checking out Instagram, TikTok. Go see if there's a registered LLC. See if they have any bad, you know, if they're not on one of those like scammer sites or anything like that. Mm -hmm. There are guys like that that are scamming people. But 47th Street, for the most part, is is a pretty if you're yeah. if never on the street, it's very intimidating. If right. you go there and walk the street with somebody who actually knows who's good and who's not, it's very easy. And you could buy anything you want on that street. So somebody, so uh, John, on two issues as we can wrap this up, two uh, two questions for you. Uh, sure. One is if someone wants to, in, in the audience um, uh, listening, wants to buy a particular watch, whatever it is, you know, Rolex, uh, AP, um, Omega, that kind of thing. Uh, and they want to, you know, get their hands on it. They want to buy it now, right? They want to buy it and then want to you know, wait, right? <laughs> the immediate gratification. Um, uh, where can they go to get a recommendation of, you know, you should go see, let's say, um, uh, Yasa. I'm sorry, mate. The guy, the guy, yeah, yeah Rex, right? Is it Rex? Yeah, uh, Rex Watch. Right, yeah, Rex. I did an example. I did an example. He's getting a free plug, right? So you get, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my Yasa, right? So uh, and uh, at Rex Watches, for example, on in the Diamond District, you know, where, you, where can somebody go to say, okay, go to these three or four dealers see what their inventory looks like, see what they're watching that they have in stock. And then, you know, if you buy something from them, you can feel rest assured that you're going to get something legit. <laughs> what we did, yeah. okay, we started, before all of this TikTok stuff, yeah. we created chat groups. So we started a chat group. Once we got very, we caught fire on social media. It's myself and the Vukum account. Right. Once we caught fire, we started a paper chat group, which is for the most part so that we don't have to source watches because I can't source watches for people. I don't have it in me. That is not what I do. Okay. It's a lot of time too. <laughs> uh, it's, it's honestly, I I'm a wholesale guy. Okay. I deal with my regulars. Mm -hmm. I deal with very, very select people, collectors. And for me to do whole, like across the board retail business, it's, it doesn't work for me. So we started a chat group. It's 20 bucks a month. It's mm -hmm. under the Vukum flag. You go to Vukum.com. And for 20 bucks a month, you can, if you want to stay for one month, great. It's buy, sell, trade, legit check, uh, get references. We do it all right there for 20 bucks a month. There are other chat. I pay for chat groups. I pay thousands to be in very specific vintage chat groups, you know, all over the world. And why we did this was, you know, because we want to refer people to good people who they can feel confident buying a watch, a six-figure watch, a five-figure watch. And all of the same guys that you see in the videos are there. Yasha, Little Eddie, all of our guys. That's our network. Mm -hmm. we, we are very, very selective at this point as to who we are putting on camera with us, showing our deals. Because we we deal with sponsors and we deal with, you know, we're dealing with a whole bunch of, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of different stuff with right. regard to a reality show and you know, agents and all of this, you know, crazy, you know, Hollywood type stuff that, you know, we can get into that at another time. But the main goal is to make sure that people are safe when they're buying. I go up there. I, I was on my TikTok this morning and one of the guys that I referred to, Little Eddie, who's Swiss Made Corp. 
is up there. And I'm like, hey, look, it's your new best friend. She's like, yeah, I just spent, you know, 75,000 in the last week and a half. And I'm like, good for you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't need to make money on every deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather that the customers served, they deal with it. They're set up to deal with it. And you know what? It's fine with me. I mean, that said, we're opening a retail location, but that's another story too. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Congratulations on that. Um, yeah. the, so the so that's uh, thank you for answering that question about legit uh, vendors on 47th Street. And I'm mean, obviously vast the vast majority are, and then getting referrals, being part of the Vucum Group, um, mm-hmm. bucks a month, where you can you know get referrals yeah. and that kind of stuff, which is great. If you're going to spend yeah. you know ten fifteen thousand dollars on a watch, and you want to you know uh, get at least some feedback. <laughs> You know, it's a low, low cost entry to, to get some uh, recommendations, right? So, and you believe, yeah. have guys that'll come. I tell them, look, they're like, John, I need this watch. I'm like, Here, here's what you do. Join the group. Pay the 20 bucks. Tag me in your want to buy. I will tag everybody there that you should go see. And then cool. you leave after you buy your watch. That's great. Done. It's 20 bucks. And, y- y- you know, I think that what it's we perfect. did there was yeah. really make it safe for a lot of people in a very, very treacherous space, you know? And that was our goal, because I'm all about making sure that the customer is happy. If you look online and try to Google where I had a bad deal, you will never find it. Because if there's something wrong, we make it right. You know, we will give a refund it's not right. We will change out, we will do whatever it takes to make the customer happy. And what we did with with the 20 bucks a month with the chat group is put everybody in our network. And I think that was that was one of the best things that we've done over the past year and change. That's great. Uh, so the um, the last uh, last two questions. One is the um, opportunities you see in the marketplace, given that there's beginning to slow down, right? There's mm-hmm. been slowing down a bit, meaning that there's probably, and this is my my opinion, is probably going to be some watches available at better deals because people mm-hmm. are kind of holding on to money because of the economy, the, the interest rates, all that kind of stuff. They kind of say, ah, I'm going to put off that purchase of 15K, 20K. Mm-hmm. Now, now the top end of the, the, the spectrum, people are still spending, right? But even mm-hmm. them, some of them are pulling back too from what I've read. So what? where are the opportunities that you see in the marketplace? And the last question is, tell us about the show you're going to have. You have a show coming up. And I'm assuming that show was open to the public. I'm assuming. Okay. So, and they're going to be vendors there selling and buying trading. Okay. In New Jersey. So anybody in the New York Metro, you want to see this guy. There you go. You want to see this guy right here and, and, and see some reputable vendors and buy watches. Um, talk a little bit about that, you know, where it's going to be in the date and time. So two things, opportunities in the marketplace right now. What do you, what do you see? Um, and secondly, uh, the actual show coming up. Well, opportunities, I have never been one. I've had a booth on 47th Street for many, many years. I mean, 20 years up until, 15 years up until COVID. And our lease was up, fortunately, just as COVID hit. Perfect timing. And going back, yeah, it was perfect timing. We then had, you know, we have chat groups and things like that, you know, like I like we were just speaking about. Um, the last uh, six months, Tyler, who is Vukum, and my son, James, who's the camera people, we're partners in the Vukum Media Company. And we, they wanted to open up a retail store here in Jersey. And I was always against it. I have never been the guy that wants to sit behind a showcase and deal with the public. That's not what I do. You know, you guys want to deal with the public, deal with the public. And they kind of worked on me for a little bit and I gave in and we took over an old bank building right in Monmouth County. And it's all based on what's going to happen in the market. The market is about to go through some really, really difficult times. And 
my position, whenever the market shifts, I'm a buyer. I buy. That's what I do. That is my my forte. And I'm really good when it comes to authentication and being an expert and being Buckley and doing all this kind of stuff. But when push comes to shove, I know how to buy and I know how to navigate a down market. And we're setting up over there pretty much to buy up as much inventory as we possibly can. I can always sell. Selling is the easiest part of this, this business. Mm. When you buy something for the proper price and you sell it for the right price, you could sell all day long. I have tons of stock. I could sell it immediately if I want to because I bought it at the right price. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are exceptions to the rule when I pay too much. But I always say that if I... <laughs> If I didn't lose on at least five, 10% of everything that I bought, I'm not buying enough. Mm-hmm. So I lose on a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter because it cost averages and we right. just move stuff along. Yeah. Um, what was the other question that you- um, The, um, the uh, you said opportunities and the show. Talk about yeah, the, the show, show, where the show is, how long it is. You can buy, sell, trade, vendors. Talk about that. There you go. Uh, the show is in Old Bridge, New Jersey. And you can get a table if you're a dealer. Uh, if you're just a person coming in, you can buy tickets at the door or you can go to tickets. The tickets are 50 bucks for early admission, 40 bucks for general admission. It's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And last time we had, wow, three, four hundred people. It's not we have some excellent security. We have a very good partner in promotion. We're dealing with uh, WWT, also worldwide traders. And we have, you know, we security is paramount. The IWJG and a lot of these shows right now, they have lots of security problems because they're not, you know, they're not really looking at it from a security standpoint. We are. Mm -hmm. And people are safe when they come to our shows. And if anybody had been to our show, you would know that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a it's an extension of the group. It's buy, sell, trade, and legit check, and just come and hang out. It's uh, October I know twenty second, right? It's October twenty second, Sunday, this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday. And, yeah, it's going to be great. And we have uh, we have a lot of tables sold. We have a lot of you know pre order tickets sold, and we're going to have a line at the door. And and we we just feel that New Jersey has been historically underserved when it comes to open to the public shows the only real public shows are you know the miami beach antique show and 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 nwcc they do an open part public you have to be a member of nawcc this is anybody can come in okay and at all iwjg is 500 bucks to walk through the door and you have to be a vetted member you have to have references so we made it open to the public nobody wanted to do this we've done it and now everybody is trying to jump on board with us to partner with us, but we're 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 doing it real slow. We're taking it easy. We have a lot on our plate right now with the new location. We have a build out. We have uh, all kinds of. We're going to set up an exchange mm-hmm. in the bank building that we we acquired, and we're going to have maybe five to seven trusted dealers that we work with, or satellites of some of the dealers that we work with in New York, so that people can come and get the experience without having to go through all of the 47th street right. i i 47th street but you know what i'm saying people yeah. are intimidated they don't know where to go you're going to know if you go under the vukum flag and you're going to know that you'll get a good deal you'll get a fair shake and that's that's all we really want that's awesome absolutely well we were talking here with uh john buckley of vukum managing partner and um, owner of tuscany rose 
regarding um, his trajectory from a side hustle to a full-time hustle uh, in the watch game um, and uh, covered a lot of points here regarding um, the industry, um, where to buy, what to look for, just be, uh, you know, cost, um, you know, Rolex dealers, things of that nature, a lot of stuff. And there's a great show coming up on Sunday uh, in New Jersey. If you're in that market, uh, that metro area, if you want to see some good watches, nice watches, you know, buy, sell, trade, that kind of yep. thing. And listen, uh, with a $50, um, I think, early entry and $40 general mm -hmm. public, you're, you're not going to get a lot of people there um, who do not want to be there. They want to be there for a purpose. And they're yeah, paying very we thought that out. Yeah, I know. I I I, I caught it. Um, so it's not a five dollar entry. It's forty bucks. I'm going in there looking for something. I want to get an appraisal. I want to trade something. You know. So it's good. That's good. Good for you guys. Um, Thank you. thanks for being on the show. Uh, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And thanks for the work that you're doing to keep the industry, uh, you know, reputable. Uh, clean uh, and uh, you know, and sharing your knowledge on IG and TikTok and Facebook, and uh, you know, keep on doing the work that you're doing. Obviously, you have a passion for it uh, and the skill for that. That's which is great. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, that's and and uh, making a living out of it, which is uh, you know, <laughs> bonus. Um, that's for you. Yeah, and uh, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. You're very welcome, and thank you so much. If if there's anything else that you ever need, please let us know. No, we will do that. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.